Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper from Crossway Christian Church here in Nashua, New Hampshire, and I'm so glad you're listening, whether you're part of our church or uh, listening somewhere else. We are so delighted to have you. And today we are on day 19 of a 40-day journey where we're learning and praying about how to cultivate greater spiritual freedom. We focused the early parts of this series on the inward journey, and now we're spending the next week or so journeying outward allowing the work that God is doing within us to help us be positioned to best impact those around us. And this journey outward is what I'm calling Psalm 23 ministry. And each day we're going to read through and pray through this beloved passage of scripture again and again, and be listening for how God might teach us to serve him in the way and pattern of the great shepherd. But I don't just want us to hear this passage. I want us to try and center ourselves that we might experience God's presence as we hear it. And so today we're going to take a uh, a closer look at the second side of what Dallas Willard calls the triangle of sufficiency. The first side that we looked at last episode was humility, and this side that we're going to look at is going to be trust or faith. And so with that focus in mind, let's hear Psalm 23 to see how God, through trust, might be inviting us to experience a life without lack, that is available because God's kingdom is among us. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's look at a couple texts related to trust from other portions of the scriptures. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. John 14.1 from the New Living Version or translation, Jesus says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. And trust also in me. Let's just park it here for a moment. Imagine Jesus is coming right next to you. He knows the burdens you're carrying, the weight you're feeling, 
the stress, anxiety welling up within you. And he looks at you lovingly, gently, humbly. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Central to Psalm 23 ministries, finding sufficiency in Christ and finding sufficiency in him involves humility, love, and trust. And here's some more of the research I've done on what trusting God is really all about and how we can deepen our trust in him. A lot of this is taken from the book I love, one of the many I love from Willard, Life Without Lack. Now, according to Dallas, faith or trust is the key that unlocks our readiness to receive God's sufficiency in our lives. Faith or trust is like the lock or the key that unlocks our readiness to receive God's sufficiency in our lives. Are you ready to receive his sufficiency to experience a life without lack? Trust is the key. Now, he views those terms faith and trust so synonymously that when reading scripture, he suggests that it can be helpful to replace occurrences of faith in the Bible with the word trust. As an example, hear Paul's words, we live by faith, not by sight, as we live by trust, not by sight. By way of definition, then, trust or faith is confidence grounded in reality, not a wild, desperate leap, Willard writes. When we understand that God and his kingdom is what is ultimately real, we will not only want to rely on him in difficult, uncertain times, we will desire to resolutely live as his apprentices or students or disciples in our daily lives. This is why Gary Moon contends that trusting Jesus Christ means you want to be with him as much as possible. Think about that for a moment. Trusting God means you want to be with him as much as possible. Think about your life, what you're giving your attention to, what you're running on. How much do you trust Jesus? Maybe this is the moment right now in our journey for you to ask him, I want to be with you as much as possible. That's what trusting him is all about. Beyond these definitions of faith and life without lack, Willard contends that faith has two aspects, vision and desire. Vision is about grasping or seeing reality as it is, or in the case of the future, as it could be for us. Desire, on the other hand, is wanting reality to be as it is. Trust, then, kind of bridges that gap. It's the gateway to living in the kingdom now, that life without lack. After capturing a vision of the present availability of the kingdom, we, in partnership with the grace of God, intend and train to unite the range of our effective wills, what we want done, to God's will, to God's kingdom, what he wants done. Thus, we grow in trust as we desire the vision of the reality of the kingdom that Jesus makes known and available to us. And as this occurs, we will move from having faith in Jesus to having the faith of Jesus, Willard says. Let me say that again. As we trust in him, we will move from having faith or trust in Jesus to having the faith of Jesus that he models, that he embodies, that he invites us to. Willard goes on to illustrate what this process 
of increasing trust might look like through outlining what he describes as the three faiths of the Old Testament character Job. The initial faith that Job's life illustrates is what Willard would call the faith of propriety. The faith of propriety. It's almost exclusively concerned about the benefits that come from serving God. The death of this kind of faith often occurs from the unexpected and unwanted ways that we suffer in our lives. After the faith of propriety is the faith of desperation, which is trust that puts you in contact with God so you can draw upon his unlimited and inexhaustible resources. Faith of propriety, faith of desperation, and lastly is the faith of sufficiency. As we turn our attention from ourselves onto the Lord, we can begin to experientially know what we've been talking about, what Psalm 23:1 affirms, that in him we lack nothing. Now in Willard's own life, drawing from Gary Moon's great biography, Becoming Dallas Willard, the development of trust is perhaps most poignantly seen in his response to the death of his twin boys, Stephen and Sterling. In the aftermath of this unfathomable loss, Willard returned to a prayer practice he had begun in graduate school, meditatively praying Psalm 23, slowly and over and over. His wife Jane Willard even recalls seeing a change in her husband during that time, a change that brought them closer together, closer to God. Out of the pains of desperate loss, one can almost imagine Dallas experiencing the surprising sufficiency of the great shepherd amidst his deep, deep woundedness and somehow being changed in his presence. Now, based on the categories of faith or trust in Job's life, where are you in trusting God? Is yours the faith of propriety? mainly concerned with the benefits that come from serving God. I'm trusting him for what it will do for me. If that's so, that's okay. Acknowledge that and ask God that he would help your faith to increase, that you would want him not for what he will give you, but that you would want him for who he is. Maybe you're experiencing the faith of desperation right now. You are at the end of your rope, and you desperately need God. I've been there, and it might feel like there is no imaginable way forward. But it's not trust that delivers that negative, hopeless message. That's sight. But may we move instead from our vantage point to believing that God might see things that go beyond what I am capable of perceiving. Let's place our trust in him and know that I am praying for you, even as I speak, that your faith would move toward the faith of sufficiency, that you'd experience contentment and confidence, even amidst your trial, that your trust in God would embolden you to move past whatever insecurities are holding you back and weighing you down so that you might step and serve God more and more to love others and invite them to experience life with God here and now, wherever you may be, whomever these people God might be 
uh, putting on your heart, whoever they might be, whatever group is oppressed that you might need to stand up for. May you have such sufficiency in Christ knowing that where he calls you, he will be there. You lack nothing. So may you trust in the Lord with all your heart and live by trust, not by sight. I'm looking forward to sharing the final side of the triangle of sufficiency with you in our next episode. And that side is love. Until then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and empower you to trust in the Lord more and more. Grace and peace, friends.